Futurecast. On this episode of Missing the Point, we recap the NBA draft, from the biggest moves made on and before draft night to the moves after, including Gordon Hayward opting out of his $34 million deal with the Boston Celtics, and what moves can and should be made to finally get this generation of Celtics to the NBA Finals. But first, this episode is being brought to you by Boxo Crafts. Boxo is an arts and crafts-focused kids' subscription box. Boxo is a parent-run company that combines creativity and convenience in one monthly package, delivered right to your door. Boxo's premiere box, Boxo Holidays, contains four separate art projects to get you and your family into the holiday spirit. Whether it's Halloween, Hanukkah, or Easter, they've got you covered with holiday fun. Boxo, we can't wait to see you create. Check out BoxoCrafts.com and exclusively to our listeners, enter the promo code MTP for 15% off your first order. That's B-O-X-O-Crafts.com, promo code MTP. Missing the Point is a one-hour weekly, two-hour monthly podcast recapping the biggest stories in the world of sports with the New England flavor. The show notes and transcript of today's episode can be found in the description box below, as well as on our website, mtpshow.com. If you're new to the show, consider subscribing. It's the easiest way to see when we publish new episodes. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Google, and wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate us and leave a review of any of our shows. We always appreciate your feedback. Also, be sure to follow us on all of our social medias. All of our links will be in the show notes. And check out our brand new website, www.mtpshow.com. That's mtpshow.com. And now, this is Missing the Point. But it's all relative. Welcome to episode 17 of the MTP podcast. This is Missing the Point. I am Michael Marcangelo, joined alongside Rayshon Buchanan, The Real BK, Bob Kelly, DK Sizzle, Dave Clark. And today we are talking NBA draft review. It is just the tip off of the, of the NBA season of our NBA discussion. And guys, I don't care how you are. Celtics last night had a chance to do something. They didn't do it. They, they didn't do a big trade, but they did get some pretty good prospects. So DK, lead us off. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said on the Sunday show, I'm a little disappointed that we ended up drafting the draft picks. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean these guys are going to play for us. I think Naismith will. But that kid we got from Oregon, I initially was out on the fact that we used that second pick. But the more I see of him, the more I talk myself into him. What's his name? Remind me of his name, Ray? Uh, Aaron Naismith and uh, Payton Pritchett. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that kid from Oregon, first I was disappointed that he was white, but it looks like he's, like, the only functioning kind of white player left in the NBA that we got <clears throat> killed by Miami with, which is, like, chase chase the ball, push the pace, handle well, lead from the front, and it looks like he's got those qualities. Like, if, if he hits his ceiling, like, that's the problem, obviously, with, you know, drafting players. They're all prospects. He could play completely above his ceiling or and, you know, his potential or – you know, he could just be another Romeo Langford, like an annoying role playing guard coming off the off the bench, not hitting his potential. But it's it as much as I was disappointed that we didn't package those picks and Gordon Hayward for a big man because I completely talked myself into that happening. Um, it was a good draft, and it was a better draft, I think, than we than we've had in recent seasons. Um, we addressed a problem on the bench with that guard, um, and knowing that Gordon Hayward wasn't going to be on the team anymore, um, Naismith definitely addresses that 
position and it looks like he's a really good shooter. Apparently he's the best shooter and he was the best shooter in college last year. So it, with those kind of numbers um, and, and if he can shoot off the screen as well as it looks like he can, uh, I think it might even be an upgrade on Hayward considering his inconsistency. So a good draft is a good draft, I guess. You can't really complain about it. Bobby, I know that pre, uh, pre-draft pre you were really down on the fact because there were rumors going around about you know James Harden packaging for, for, for him coming over to Boston. You were against it. You talked yourself into it. It didn't happen. How do you feel about uh, Aaron Naismith as a number uh, as a 14th overall pick? I like the pick, especially because we're losing Gordon Hayward. Uh, I mean, that's just a, a fact at this point. He opted out, so Gordon Hayward is gone. Um, I like Naismith because uh, a lot of people had him as not only a good shooter, but the best shooter in the draft. Um, so I, I saw that from a couple different people. Dude's got a long wingspan, so he's definitely what we need. So I like Naismith. Um I'm very glad we didn't trade for Harden. So I'll give them at least a B just for the fact that James Harden's not coming to town. Um, but I really wish we had done something because in my opinion, in the NBA, I'm sure I'll get to this later, but there's nothing more valuable to me than a draft pick that hasn't been taken yet, especially in the NBA. And as soon as you actually go ahead and take those draft picks, I really think you lose a lot of ability to move Gordon Hayward. And I think that's why he ended up opting out because like the options just weren't there for the Celtics anymore. As soon as you actually take those picks and don't make that move, it closes so many doors on so many trades that we could have had. So, so that's just, that's just what annoys me about it. But I do like Nate Smith, like I said, best shooter in the draft. So you can't complain about that. I do wish we got more though. So like a B, B plus, maybe. Ray Sean, I've been I've been hearing for the better part of the last thirty six hours that you're going to save it for the show. So let us have it, dude. What did you think about this pick? Yeah, so I mean, all things considered, I don't, I don't think it was it was crazy. I feel like last year, because of what happened with with Kyrie and you know Horford leaving and just kind of uh, you know Marcus Morris and those guys really just having a leaving a bad taste in people's mouths of how the season ended and just their character thing. Last year, I really felt they looked to draft character guys right so Grant Williams Carson Edwards Shamal Waters and Roman Lifford quiet my well Grant Williams not quiet but you know guys are going to be respectful guys are going to be team first oriented um but more potential right not really saying okay we have a surefire pick because that was the case we would have got Brandon Clark and you know some other guys but needless to say we'll just leave it at that right that would have been nice now for this for this year I felt like not only they drafted characters, but they drafted two competitors and they drafted some dogs that is going to be needed. Right. Cause we talked about it on a previous show, your six, four point guard, AKA Marcus smart cannot be the only guy that brings that nasty. It needs to be other guys in there. Right. So, and not saying these guys are going to come in being, you know, being that, but I think Pritchett even more so than Neesmith. Like i watched some of his tape, um, last night and I watched him weeks ago, but I kind of put him in a back burner. I didn't think that we would look to get him. I thought they would draft uh Tyrell Terry, maybe if he was there, uh, who ended up going to Dallas. But uh, you know, he um Payne Pritchard, I-, I love his demeanor. Like he he just he come, you know, he's he's he just he just fights. And it's just like, yo, like I'm that guy. Like I remember I think Washington is one of their bigger rivals and he hit like a three with like 8.5 seconds left. And he's just yelling at the crowd, like, yo, like this is this is my shit. Like this is this is my like this this is my time. And so I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, like I, I like I like having that because you now that lets me know you're not afraid of the moment. Cause that's just like how Tyler Harrow was this year for for Miami, right? Like, not afraid of the moment. I'm just gonna gun it. Whatever happens, happens. So um that's that. Um 
far as making a deal, at the end of the day, yes, we we want them to make a deal. We get that. It takes two to tango, y'all. It just does. And the teams are not going to maybe three. Yeah, two or three, right? But <laughs> those teams are not going to take that bait, um, or even you know have that conversation or further those conversations. Then that's just what it is. Now, thankfully. Uh, they traded the 30th pick. Now, now the guy that Memphis drafted at 30, I said, damn, that would have been another shooter. Desmond Bain from TCU can really shoot as well. So I'd have been like, that's fine. Like, have two more shooters, three more shooters, and, you know, you can get rid of Wanamaker. We're seeing him doing today, thankfully. Um, they still found a way to keep Semi Ojale. Oh, God. <laughs> I, was, I was just like, no, 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 I don't, don't, don't stop me now. Like, I, I couldn't believe that they extended an offer Sam and I said, "What are you doing?" So you trade Poirier, thank God, because he did nothing. Like there's nobody that's done less in a year than Vincent Poirier. Um, Sammy Ojale, I don't know why he got brought back. Want to make her? I'm glad he's gone. Hopefully, Pritchard could come in and take his minutes. Um, but I'm fine with them re bringing on uh Tremont Waters. But it's it's insane to me, man. That like I said, that that guy is still here. But like I said, hopefully he has a plan. But I, I want to mm-hmm. say this to Bobby because Bobby said, you know, oh he's gone. He was out of here. Um, that's not for certain. And I, I want fans that listen to this, understand He's this. an unrestricted free Wait. agent, right? Yes, he is. But it's it's not out the realm of possibility that he still does a sign and trade. That he, and guess what? He, in some slight chance, whether it's 5, 10, 15%, he can still sign here and maybe do what we wanted to do with Al Horford last year where he signs for a little bit less. Now, granted, he, he knew he wasn't going to get 34 out there. Now, is there a team that may, like like we had a mystery team last year who ended up being in Philadelphia, give him 100, 910 million? Who knows? If he does, hey, by all means, wipe, wipe our hands. If clean. someone's if someone wants to do something stupid like that, that's 100% right, fine. But I, I, it's right, not. But I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's the case, though. I don't think that's the case. I Look really at don't. the three teams pursuing him. It's Atlanta the Knicks and the Hornets. If there's three teams out there that are going to give Gordon Hayward over a hundred million dollars, those are the three. So the, the, the only team out those three that you said that I think have a legit chance of maybe landing him actually is Charlotte because in 2014, he had a chance to sign a four year deal for 63 mil, but then Utah matched it. Yeah. Then, yeah. Then Utah matched it. Right. And then in 2017, when he was coming to us, he still spoke with Charlotte. He spoke with, um, he spoke with Miami. He spoke with some other teams. And then, you know, eventually. And Michael Jordan's not a very good GM. So I could picture him. Terrible GM. Hayward, right. So. He signed Terry Rozier for $20 million a year. So why not? And he drafted one of the ball brothers. So that wasn't very smart either. Yeah. I mean, well, that, that remains to be seen. But I, I feel like he, um, clearly he likes Gordon Hayward as a player, clearly. Because that's why he keeps, you know, looking at him. But, um, We'll see. So I think that's the only team that could do that, but it's not, I, I want to make clear, it's not out there on possibilities that he finds his way back in a something uniform, or he says, you know what? I want to go here. Can you, can you do a, uh, a sign and trade and just go from there? You just never know. Well, I also want to take this time to, uh, you know, to, just to, just to make sure that everyone out there knows, you know, I love hosting because I get, I get to be a dick. So here, here's what I'm going to do on the Sunday show that you can listen to and you can find the link for in the show notes. I believe uh, DK Sizzle Dave Clark says, if the Celtics pick at 14, you and I, all of us, should be out on this season. Are you? Uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to win. Like, I don't think we're going to win a championship with uh, with Naismith, the, you know, the rookie coming in to try and fill that hole. Um, I think, like, it's been very frustrating watching the Celtics be one potentially one to two, but really one piece away from winning a championship and like blowing an opportunity like last season is going to really hurt our momentum, man. You know, it's like, 
yeah, okay, you can believe in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and like Bobby, you can you definitely believe in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, but those guys are young, and like they might stop believing in themselves if they keep coming up short in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like those those guys are like on Twitter too. They see everybody being like, "Uh, these guys are also Rams. They're not doing this. They're not doing that." It's it's a lot harder to equate your potential when you're living it. You know what I mean? Like Jason Tatum's basically gone up at the rate that we expected him to. Jalen Brown has gone up a little bit more at the rate that we expected him to, but they're, the Celtics aren't really doing them any favors. Like, look, I love Danny Ainge and like, I love when he fleeces other teams and stuff and it's, it's fun. But like now we're in a position where like nobody wants to deal with us and Boston's not. And you know, I, I know this is a, a tough to swallow pill for a lot of Boston sports fans, but Boston's not a very desirable market in basketball. Nope. Like not a lot of people want to come to Boston just because it's Boston. Like, the reason LeBron James is playing in Los Angeles, he might tell you it's because LA Lakers, Kobe, like legacy. It's because he had a house in Los Angeles and his office was in Los Angeles and his kids were going to like a fancy private school in Los Angeles. Like LA is, is, is the place to be. So that's why, you know, it's easy to get people to play for the Lakers. I mean, they can even get people to play for the Clippers and that organization's a joke, especially comparatively to the Celtics. So, when you already have that, and then you have a situation where you have you ha- you've built as much as you can basically build from young players. We've had bad drafts overall in the past ten years. Like, yes, there's been good draft picks, but that's when we've had high draft picks, like Tatum and Brown, right? Marcus Smart, but like, I don't know if anyone remembers Fab Mello. Like, you know, not disrespecting his 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 name. I know the guy's dead, but he. He's not, he wasn't good. You know what I mean? Like the higher, the, all the other higher draft picks and first round draft picks we made weren't good. So fine. We, we've built this young core. You have to bring in veterans to, to propel them to where they need to be. At what point do we start saying, okay, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown can't do it by themselves. Like, yes, I agree with, with Bobby's always point of they're still so young. They're still so young. It's like, right. But they're not ever going to get to a point where they can win without a big man. It's just never going to happen. Like if we just, if we get dominant and like, okay, for example, like the heat, it was, I didn't expect us to lose to the heat because I remember saying on the show that we, we had guards that were as fast as their guards and we could bring guys off the bench to like do stuff against their guards. I thought Brad Wanamaker was going to come out and play like veteran defensive basketball against Tyler Hero and Goran Dragic, but that just didn't happen. So we get Peyton Pritchard. He comes in like, if we had someone like I think he might be last last season, I think we get past the heat, you know? So yes, I agree with you, right? It's an upgrade at that, at that bench position, but these little incremental changes in basketball, like if you're watching the new England Patriots, it's great to sign like a really good, like third defensive back. And like, he can really fill a hole. Basketball is about your best three players. It's always going to be about your best three players. You can change little incremental things and like help you help yourself to win. But most of the time, if their big three is better than your big three or their big four is better than your big three or whatever it is, they're going to beat you. The best player in the series gives that franchise a huge, gives that team a huge advantage. So we don't have a big three right now. If you look at how Kemba Walker played in, in last year's playoffs, like, and he's a guard and you know, my feelings on guards and winning championships, the, the fact is we need an, and the third piece of the big three and it needs to be a big man. And if we can't do that, we're not going to win. Am I still going to watch every, to answer your question in a long form way, Mike? Yes, I am out on this team winning a championship. We're not going to win a championship with what we have right now. We're just not. 
Like unless some sort of freak occurrence happens and Jason Tatum decides that he's like the second coming of Kobe Bryant next season and he starts playing absolutely out of his mind. And even then, we still have to go through Giannis and an improved Bucks team. We still have to go through the Lakers, who, by the way, I'm borderline happy we didn't see in the finals last year because that would have been embarrassing. And we, you know, we still have to go through Bam on a bio healthy again next year, which we now realize is like a thing we need to build for. Like, yes, are the 76ers out of the way? Totally. Like, are they going to be anything? No. But what about Brooklyn? You know what I mean? Everyone around us is getting better and we're no one will deal with us because of Danny. So, yeah, I'm out on this rebuild for sure. I'm out on this team for sure, because we can't win with this personnel we have right here. I'm sorry if that sounds down and I'm usually the ultimate Celtics optimist, but like I'm just I'm just speaking truth to it. You know, the the only thing is like. It's just like I, I can't. I can't fathom giving up on these two right now. Just be, I, I get that we know they haven't done it these past two years, but like these guys, if you think back to the best players in the NBA right now, these guys are, are a shell of what they're to come. What's to come. You know what I mean? These guys are 22, 23 years old. And I know I keep chirping that same thing over and over again, but I don't, think that we can say that they can't do it with because they don't have a big because they've never but they've never had a big man you know what i I mean for one second because like you're you're talking like they're gonna stay like what like what happens if jason tatum gets to the end of this contract that he's on and he just decides that he needs to go somewhere else you know what i mean like again it's not it's not a this is a market that has to be taken advantage of quickly you have to strike while the iron's hot in boston that's why we were able to win 08 to 08 to 2000 and uh, say 12 we should have had three we always say but at least we struck while the iron was hot we did it all on one contract for all those guys you know what i mean for the most part so you know what i mean it's like jason tatum might decide that he wants to be kobe bryant and go to the lakers once lebron leaves like you just have to you have to get it going now i don't think you can bank on jason tatum at 27 because he might be playing somewhere else that's what I can't disagree with that. And I also don't disagree with the fact that Danny is kind of fucking us over right now when it comes to this team. Um, that part, I won't disagree with. The only thing I, I, I just can't get over is the bringing in. So and, and it gets back to the James Harden point as before is bringing in someone that is going to change the chemistry of the whole team you know what i mean like i just love jason tatum and jalen brown the way they play basketball and i really feel like if if we had a legitimate big man in that miami series it's a whole different series because guess what bam Adebayo doesn't make that block because he's not feeling comfortable he's not feeling strong because there's someone down low chirping at him banging him he is not going to be able to make that block the way he does if there's someone down there just just giving it to him the entire fourth quarter he's not going to have that energy so i just feel like you bring someone in here like that it changes everything and we are a legitimate championship threat are we going to be able to do that at this point i'm not sure but i'm just not ready to give up on this core until i see a full basketball team around them you know what I mean? Like until we get that big man, we actually see what they can do. Daniel Tice is not the answer. And that's who we had going against Bam Adebayo in the fourth quarter in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like that's a fucking joke. You know what I mean? Like you can't you can't say that they don't have it when that's what you're giving them. You know what I mean? Like we always say this guy but, can't but, do but it. You without- understand Bobby, with with the team as as it was currently constituted, you said that this team had championship DNA. All this team does is have Eastern Conference Championship DNA. So 
are you still to believe that uh, that you know just because of this core that that they, they that they can still win? Because based on what we've seen, and I'll let you I'll let you answer this too. They, there will always be an obstacle that they cannot overcome. And in the Miami series, it was Tyler Hero having an, an amazing series, but it was also Bam Adebayo. And they don't have an answer for that. So if this is it, if what what if, you know, what if they're coaching up Robert Williams? What if they think it's going to be taco time finally? If either of those two things happen or don't happen, I mean, if, if, if they do happen, they can they can go further. Like let's say Robert Williams develops and he doesn't just jump you know, out of his shoes every time someone, someone upfakes him. But you, you've always been the person that says championship DNA. Now you sound like you're down on them. That they can only win if if they're being given, you know, based on the team that they're given. So which which is it? Are they championship level contenders or and 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 winners or are they not? I think that those two do have the championship caliber. They can be the best two players on a championship team, and I just think that they don't. They haven't reached that level of development yet. Can they do it without that center at this point? No, and I do agree with you on that. They cannot do it without that center at this point. They can't. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing though. But see, to me at fourteen, that granted, Neesmith to me because he because he's a shooter, they that was a need, right? And it's funny because Austin Ainge came on. I think uh, you know BST, which is our Boston Sports Tonight, was like, oh, like you know, you don't you don't draft for need because need is a bad evaluator. Well, clearly you drafted for need because who you drafted you needed. So you needed a shooter in in Neesmith. You needed a shooter in Pritchett. But what it less what it let me know is that they valued someone that can shoot over someone that could protect the rim, right? Because at fourteen, I'm gonna tell you who was still on the board then that they they, they could have brought on. So Precious Ichua, who got drafted by the by by Miami Heat, who we talked about with Joe Sway, we talked about him. So he 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 falls to six more spots to Miami. Daniel Oturu, who's in, um, who's from Minnesota, got drafted by the Knicks. Who had, you know, we're we'll getting to about who won the draft. New York had a really good draft um, on on Thursday night. I mean, on Wednesday night, they had a really good draft. So, um, I I just think that they may not look at the big man position like how we look at it as fans because of people that grew up in the '90s and grew up in the mid in the, in the 2000s. You know. We saw a Shaq win. We saw an Alonzo Mourning. We saw a Patrick Ewing. You know, he, he didn't win the championship, but he got to the finals. Um, you know, we we saw those guys dominate and win. So now it's still etched on mine. Like, okay, like you got to have a guy like that to to win. But to be honest, we could maybe give us someone like a Javale McGee or someone like like a Dwight Howard. That's now. Like, granted, they that they, they now won, but. Give us someone like that. You don't need someone to come in there and get twenty and ten. And I think we're hooked. We're hooked on that. And I understand that because of what we've seen um, in the past from dominant big men. But um, if we can even get what KG gave us when he got here, um, not from an testing standpoint, but even just from like a seventeen and nine, um, you know, someone like even what Paul Gasol used to do too in LA, like that. That's what you need, or maybe even a little less than that. But I, I just think that they they look at their current situation and say, you know what, uh, Brad Stevens wants to play positionless basketball. He talks about that all the time, and I just think that they don't look at the center position as something that they have to fill. Because if that was the case, pressure that would be a Boston Celtic and not pressure or. Uh, Neesmith. It, it just wouldn't happen. Or maybe they like Jalen Smith from Maryland, but Jalen Smith went higher than I thought he would have at 10 to Phoenix. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's just, that's what happens. So that's the, how I see it. 
I do think that Neesmith is something that that's a that's a role and a player type that they've been trying to fill since pretty much last year. They wanted Harrow. They wanted Harrow in Boston. He was their guy. And, and I've said that so many times to you guys that that's why Harrow hurt so much in that Eastern Conference Finals is because it was the guy they wanted. So the fact that they were able to fill that need, because I do think that he is that type of player um, in, in Neesmith, that he can fill that role. So I do like, that's why I do like that pick a lot is because it is a role that they were trying to fill. And it obviously is something that we absolutely need because it is what was missing last year in the finals this is another piece. So what's, so uh, Dave, what's your biggest takeaway from, from the Celtics draft? I mean, what you said, it, you, you've talked to us a little bit that it was a good one. But, like, how, how do you really feel moving forward about the way that they drafted? I think that – I think it's tough, you know. Like, it's like the problems that we had in in the playoffs last season are still there. They haven't gone anywhere. Um, is it Naismith or Neesmith? Because I want to be saying ne- it right. Ne- yeah, no, Neesmith. Not, ne- yeah, Neesmith. Okay. I keep wanting to say Naismith just because cool. of the Hall no, of Fame. Fine, whatever. Yeah, I'm all, yeah. I'm all well, that, I mean, Naismith. no, that's fine. We're projecting and manifesting that he's going to be a Hall of Famer. That's right, it, man. Right. I want to get his name right because he's obviously going to be the best player in the NBA in five years. But listen. Exactly. The, the thing is, is that, like, I don't know how to play 3D chess like Danny Ainge. Like, maybe he knows something I don't know about the big position. You know what I mean? Maybe he knows something I don't know about the five spot. Like, Maybe he thinks that we could have lived with Bam Adebayo if we had an answer for Tyler Hero. Like, maybe he thinks that if, maybe he thinks it's a freak occurrence that Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum missed as many shots as they did in those in those two series. You know what I mean? Because it, it kind of is. Um, the the way that we drafted, I think, actually does answer one big question, which is how do we get Marcus Smart from uh, to stop shooting the ball so much, like. The amount of sh- there's a finite amount of shots to go around on a basketball team, and the thing the thing that everyone got mad about Marcus Marcus Smart about is that he was like taking kind of dumb shots. But I think that there was some carryover from previous seasons because he might have been shooting too much, and they might have not been going in. But I think he was taking the shots he was told to take, and I think that I I think that he being the first guard off the bench or starting depending on like what was happening needed needs to take those shots like that that position has to be scoring 12 to 15 points a game you know what i mean so if we have neesmith to come in now and and take that scoring load off marcus smart and just say listen marcus you can take wide open threes okay no matter what you can take wide open threes because like anyone that shoots the percentage that marcus smart shoots with the confidence that marcus smart shoots with and the clutch factor that marcus smart shoots with should be allowed to take open threes that's fine what we can stop from happening now is stopping on a dime at, on, on the three-point line in transition and looking for Tatum or Naismith, or Neesmith. So, yes, like, it's a good draft, and I, and I see it being good going forward. But I'm just really worried that we're going to lose by getting bullied again. And, like, yeah. the, if we're going to lose, that's one thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's fine to lose. It, it's okay. You know, like, I've seen them lose in the playoffs, and, and – it's a very like other fan base thing to be like, oh, you always lose in the Eastern Conference Finals. It's like, okay, cool. Like Charlotte Hornets fans, like Conference Finals isn't in your vocabulary. So like, don't even talk to me. So like, there's levels to this. Like, yes, it, we're we're mad about having like a very good basketball team at this point, but I don't want to keep plateauing in that way. So if 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 we think if we've decided through this conversation that Danny has shifted the plateau and climbed us onto the next rock by solving every problem except 
the big man problem as of right now, then I don't think we could have done much better. You know, uh, there is, there I is something that, that I want to ask you because you mentioned it and in, in, uh, in, in what you just said, and you said that you don't know how to play 3D ch- uh, chess like Danny Ainge. Are we sure that he knows how to play that game too? I yes. Well, the thing is, is that I do think he's still like a top three GM, and or to maybe top five. But and his the thing is, is that Danny's never really been like that good at drafting. Like he's a good drafter, and he he's really good at like moving around the board. And I think a lot of people were like maybe expecting him to move around the board, but like actually that hasn't happened in a while. You know, it's been a few years since we since we've like traded picks or packaged picks. Like again, that might be because people won't deal with him, but he's still a very good GM, and he still sees things that we don't see. Like it would be a ridiculous take right and it's for anyone to sit here right now and say like it's time for Danny Ainge to move on. Like that's re- absolutely absurd because of all the reasons Bobby says. Like this team hasn't. You have to let a GM build his team and then see if that team fails or or, or succeeds. And if he does, or he, go ahead, Ray. So I I have to interject only because because you say it to, you say it about Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. How long are we going to say they're young? That's what I'm saying though. Like I'm so, saying but, the no, same but, thing. But how, how long do you let Danny build then? Because I mean, damn, I mean, he's been here for 17 years. One championship, two finals appearances. That's my worry. That's my worry. I'm worried that he's buying himself time. I'm worried that I'm worried that he's buying himself time. Right, but, but at some point we have to say, "Well, then, Danny, see you later, too." Then that's it, not it, the it, point, right? We're not at that point right now. This core, I get that the Kyrie, the Kyrie thing happened, and honestly, I throw when it comes to this, I throw when it comes to Tatum and Brown's development, the Kyrie year in between the Eastern Conference Finals appearance with LeBron. And last year is thrown out to me. You know what I mean? I don't count that against them whatsoever. Because guess what? When Kyrie actually left, they actually, when he didn't play, they actually played really well. And that's when Jalen Brown got up to got up to speed. So, like, I don't count that against them. And I never will. So that's why I'm just like, I, I don't think that we're giving them the time that they actually deserve. You know what I mean? That's where, that's where my head is at. It's like, these guys are 23, 22 years old. Like think about how much more mature you were at 25, 26. I don't think that that's raised question. I think it like, how old are they in basketball years? Because like they've been to the playoffs a lot of times. Be year four for Tatum. And then this is to be year five for um, Jalen. Jalen Brown, but by the by the time year five rolled around, I'm not saying now. Don't don't jump all over me here. Just bear with me on this point. By the by the time year five rolled around for LeBron James, it was is he ever going to get it done? That was the narrative. Now, of course, I'm not saying that Jason Tatum is LeBron James. I'm not saying that. But five years was I don't think he's ever going to do it. And then the the rebuttal was well, it took Jordan six, and it was like all these arguments over and over again about about whether or not LeBron James was that guy. Now where we are now, we know that he, he is. So maybe it was unfair to start leveling that criticism at him five years in, but it, it, it's not unheard of to start questioning people four or five years into the career. Is that their ceiling? You know what I mean? Like Jason, like LeBron James, we all remember that narrative, right? Just as a quick aside, he got to the finals against the Mavericks. What happened? He got destroyed in the post that that team got destroyed in the post by, um, Oh my God, blank Dirk Nowitzki. And, the uh and and Dirk Nowitzki they had no answer to him so what did LeBron do he goes okay I'm this size so I can go learn how to take a turnaround jump shot and defend in the post he does that in the summer he comes back they win a championship right is there things that Jason he he went to he went to Miami no No, but no but no but that's what you're saying they lost to Miami 
He, he yeah, lost yeah, his first year in Miami yeah, because Dirk, because Dirk, they had no answer for Dirk Nowitzki because Chris Bosh was soft. So the great player, though, no, you know, no slight against him. Everyone but, always forgets about that championship, I feel like. I do. Totally. Because it was kind of like a foregone conclusion. It was kind of like, oh, great. We're so glad the Mavericks finally won one. And then it was like, ha LeBron. <laughs> but then they went on to win. So it doesn't matter. But anyway, LeBron added to his game and came back and like, you know, he won, he won a, a bunch of championships. So is Jason Tatum that player? Can, can Jason Tatum, like, I think, uh, let me sum it up. When, when Rayshon asked me the question, how long are we going to say that they're young for? How long is Tatum going to ride that? How long is he going to ride that narrative? Because he doesn't act like the guy to me, for me, at least. He, I think he wants to be on a committee-based team. I don't think he wants to be like that dude. I don't think he wants to be the leader because I think he's had opportunities to like prove that he is. And I think in his head somewhere, because of like the narrative, he's kind of going, I'm still young. You know, like he doesn't, he's not on that. He doesn't have that same pressure that like a superstar LeBron might have, you know? So he's kind of buying into his own narrative. Right. So I, I so that's, that's, that's a valid point. So, um, because remember when Tatum came out in 2017, I feel like the comparisons to Paul Pierce came out right away. Right. So Draper was saying there, Scalabrini was saying it, uh, Perk was talking about it, just looking at, you know, as a natural scorer, he's someone that's going to get 25 in this league. And they were right. You know, he averaged 23, seven and five this year. Get it. So he, he's, he's right at that cusp. He's getting there. Um, and it leads into the point I'm going to make. This really is Pierce and Walker. Tatum is Pierce. Jalen Brown is Anton Walker. Now, from a because Jalen Brown is vocal. Now he he comes off quiet, you know, on, on the court, but Jalen Brown is very vocal. And no, he's he, to a leader. Me, he's definitely but he, leader. He, he's definitely he's definitely the de facto leader of, of that team, right? So um I think you know, I think Tatum will be what Pierce was eventually when Pierce kind of became more vocal and said, Hey, this is my team, my city. Um, I hope it. I hope it doesn't take for him to win in year ten like Paul did. But you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> what, but what happened with Paul Pierce? We have to remember is that KG and Ray Allen came in and said to him, "You're the leader." They decided that, not him. Right. You know? So I mean, so I guess maybe now you know, do you have to make a trade with somebody and they'll come in? They'll say, "Hey, Tatum, you're the guy. You're the guy that's been here. You're the guy that's going to bring us here." But for for what Danny Ainge though, right? I feel like, cause, you know, obviously he's been there 17 years now and, you know, he's had some picks that hasn't worked, some picks that hasn't worked, obviously. Um, that's just an issue of the game, but an issue of the beast, I should say. I still feel like he's chasing that 2004 draft every year. So just for the, just for the listeners, I don't remember what wasn't around in 2004. So in that year, they had three first-round picks. Um, it was Tony, Tony Allen from Oklahoma State. Um Al Jefferson from uh, well, he came out of high school. Forget what high school, but he came out of Mississippi High School, and um, Delonte West, who was part of a phenomenal backcourt. Wait, uh, Saint Joe's with uh, Jimmy and Nelson. So uh, stay tuned for that college show. That's a future plug. Um, so yeah, like yo, they they had a really good draft that year, and what people forget that draft really brought us the championship in 08. Because without those, without those pieces being there, Tony Allen ended up being a great defender. Um, you know, Delonte West had a decent career over in Seattle. Then when he got to Cleveland or whatever, I'm in Dallas as well before he uh, retired. Um, that that 4 draft won us the championship, right? And then like you know, next year, you know, you get Ryan Gomes out of Providence College. Um, you get uh, you know, so yeah, name casual name drop there, right? Um, so a lot of those pieces they had there. And those 04, 05, and 06, you know, Rondo getting drafted at 21, um, 
out of uh, out of Kentucky back in those six that was traded from Phoenix. Got a little lucky there too. Nobody thought Roger. Yeah, no, was right, right. But I'm but I'm saying like those those first three or four drafts that he had really set up the 08 championship because those were the pieces that we had in order to get the championship. So now maybe what I'm thinking is now it's just dawned on me. Maybe that's how he sees Grant Williams, Carson Edwards, eventually Romeo Langford, Neesmith, and um, and now again, Pritchett or and Shamal Waters and, and Taco Fall. Maybe he sees this guy like, look, we have to develop these guys because we developed them. We can flip that into a guy that's really that's really star ready and is going to put Tatum and Brown and whoever else is there over the hump. And then, you know, we get Ben 18 like we've been longing for since 2008. So maybe, maybe that maybe that's what happens. It's, it sounds like that there's like this overarching theme where we all think that if, if, if a championship does not come within the next, let's say, two or three years, that Tatum might do what LeBron did uh, from Cleveland and go elsewhere to find one. Right. Different narrative, though. Different narrative and different situation. Well, yeah, LeBron was that... LeBron was the only guy in Cleveland and he w- would have been the reason why that they won. They wouldn't build around him. I, I get it. But how, how I guess how many years do we have? What, so what... It, it's funny that I never even thought of the Tatum you guys saying that Tatum's not that guy and he doesn't take that lead. Like until you guys said that it honestly, I never really even thought about that, but honestly, you're kind of like, I'm not turning on Tatum at all, but that is something that I would like to see from him next year. I feel like this year is a big year for Jason Tatum is coming out of last year. How often are we going to say that though? Like, but I'm just saying like, (laughs) the thing is, is that like when we were all talking, like we were all, basically yelling at each other throughout the entire NBA playoffs, the last NBA playoffs. And this, this is what emerged to me. Like I love Jason Tatum. I love having Jason Tatum. I loved post all-star break Jason Tatum and like how much of a level he went up. And like, it was awesome to see him do that. And I basically what I think we should do now, I don't have a GM uh, job and I'm just on a podcast with, with you knuckleheads, but like my, what I would do honestly is before his potential drops, before his value drops, Move him, trade him, and like the thing, and be and what like while he still has while he still has some like some 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 movement in his contract while it's still basically like a very 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 healthy contract for any team to take on, go and trade him because like the things you could get for him right now like are are so crazy. Now, does that mean that we won't eventually regret that? Like Jason Tatum eventually becomes the Jason Tatum that we know he's probably going to, and then like he wins a couple of championships and we're mad. Sure. But it doesn't mean he would have stuck around anyway is what I keep saying. And, like, if you want to build a team, build a team around a leader. Every time you've played this game with your friends, every time you've gone, okay, who do you start? Who do you build a team around basketball-wise? Who do you start with? Nobody ever says LeBron first. Everyone always says Michael or Kobe. Why? Because they're in that caliber of talent, yes, but they're they're dogs. Like, they're, they're leaders. Like, they have that killer instinct. That's what – now, did LeBron develop that a little bit more, like – later in life totally but like kobe bryant in another life could have been a professional assassin so like there's no you know like it's for me it's a little bit about mentality and i'm not sure like i know for a fact that jalen brown has a better mentality and a mentality you can build a team around leadership wise and i'm not sure tatum is that much better than him talent wise i'm really not and like also it'd be kind of nice and this is a small aside like not really to my larger point it'd be kind of nice to not have your best player just bitch to the refs instead of get back on defense every 10 seconds and that's on Brad Stevens a little bit too like i'm a little concerned about Brad at this point too because like there's there's now this kind of emerging narrative that he can't really control or coach or whatever word you want to use superstars and like that's scary to me you know so i want i do want to go back to one thing that i think 
it is definitely a good point you guys made a little bit ago, and that is the fact that when KG and Ray Allen came into this town, they were not coming in thinking that they were the leaders. They knew this was Paul Pierce's team and that this was Paul Pierce's team to lead. And that was the number one reason that I don't want a head case in here like James Harden or like a Kyrie. If we're going to bring a star in here, that's that's the piece of the puzzle. It's like you guys say we need a big three. The big three member that comes in here needs to be someone that knows that this is Tatum and Brown's team because I think that's what brings us to that next level. That's the issue, though. It can't be Tatum and Brown's team. But it is. It has to be one of the other. It has to be one of the other. But it oh, wait, do, top, I don't know top, if it does top, because top. that's they when when they made that Eastern Conference final run though it was both of them and they both got the credit for it and they both loved it. I don't think it needs to be one or the other. I really don't. Right. So okay. So to to that point, Bobby, he's here, but he's not. He's not healthy. It's Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker came in and said, Kem, Kemba came in and said, Hey, these young guys have to lead us. I'm here to help and be that guy, but Kemba's like, look, when they when they when they played with the USC team last year, he said, hey, I'm you know these these guys are the future. I'm I'm here to help nourish these guys and get them further. Um, he was the perfect guy to follow Kyrie Irving, perfect guy for in, in every aspect of the world. Like you know, is is he is he Kyrie light? Sure, but from a from a leadership standpoint, from a character standpoint. And once again, he had some games this year where it was like, oh, okay, like if he's on, this team is very good. And that okay, that's but in basketball, leader. your leader needs to be your best player. It, it needs to be your best he, he player. He was at and, times this year. He was. Okay, but he wasn't when it counted. And and you can't win, you can't win a championship with a guard as your best player either. So like that's all well and good. Kyra, uh Kemba Walker can be the second best said the second best leader on the team, but unless one of I'm I'm hundred percent sure that it, unless one of Tatum or Brown becomes the emotional leader on the team the only exception i've ever seen is is uh draymond green and that was such a weirdly unique situation because he was more of a lightning rod than a leader he just sort of took all the pressure on his back and like was by far like not even close to the best player on that team but he let he let clay and and steph do do their thing but and and the golden state warriors are the exception to every rule that i bring up on these shows because like yes you won with your best player being a guard except for the Durant year, and then, you know, leadership, uh, Draymond, all that stuff. But if we're going, like, classic basketball rules, I it, did you not cringe a little bit? Like, a little bit? Like, a, you half liked it, but you half cringed when, like, Kemba was going around tapping everybody's chest, going, like, check your heart, check your heart. It's like, no, don't check your heart. Smash this team. Check your heart when you get to the finals and you have to play a team that's actually decent. Don't check your heart when you're, like, down when you shouldn't be, you know? That's not the leader that I want, especially on a Celtics team. It's not check your heart. It's like, hey, guys, wake the fuck up, okay? Because, like, we should be ahead right now in this series. And there was none of that. That's, like, so a little that, bit more that's, of the that's, Smart that's, that's Marcus Smart. That's, that's yeah, the guy on his team. Exactly. That's him. But now, that, I wouldn't want to lose him either. I wouldn't want to lose Marcus either. But I'll tell you something. If we, if, you know, we were talking about James Harden, I would trade the entire – I would trade the TD Garden for, for James Harden tomorrow. <laughs> So like I you know whatever like you can say like oh I don't want a head case to come in here it's like it doesn't matter like if he if he if he scores the points yeah, he needs I, to to score I, I, and you I, I, you keep yeah. one of those I mean, pieces then you're good. We we, we try to tell Bobby 30, thirty two points is hard. I just to think find. that's a nightmare. You're just opening up a hole. yeah. He's a nightmare for he's, he's a nightmare for defense too, man. I tried to get uh, the state of Massachusetts. I tried to get the state of Massachusetts to offer in Western Mass to um to New York for Jeter once, but it, it didn't. <laughs> See, it didn't I would have done that. 
I would have done that in a heartbeat. You can have the Berkshires. Just give us cheater. Yo, absolutely. (laughs) Take the Berkshires. Springfield on. Springfield on. For me, what I noticed uh, this year, especially in that Heat series, right, is that they had the lead uh, in the second half, mostly in either the third or fourth quarter of every game that they lost. If if you have a KG or you have someone that is, or, or a Paul Pierce, right, that is the actual leader, does that, do they let that happen? No, I say no. I say that the reason why you see, uh, you see it happen now is because there is this kind of, this, well, is it Jalen's team? Is it Jason's team? And I think what we've what we've realized is uh, Jalen Brown off the court. He's he's intelligent. He's he's very vocal. But for some reason on the court in the locker room, it it, it feels like he defers to Tatum. So either this year uh, Jalen Brown needs to take that over. That. I don't know about that. Well, I it think is. Jalen Brown thinks he's just as good as Jason Tatum, and I, I think mean, he's trying to defers keep the for a leadership smart, role. I think. Well, yeah, I agree. I think when he's on the court, Brown definitely defers. I, I do right. think that. Yeah. So, so what do we do? So either this year he he you know stands up and, and they can actually get to that next level, or does Jason Tatum? I guess for me, as it's currently constituted based on the draft that we saw, at, uh, you know, last night or you know, I'm sorry, Wednesday. Th- this is this is put up or shut up time for both of them. Either one of those two has to say, "This is now my team." You are you are number two. Like you are Scotty. It's I'm really MJ. simple. It's really simple. If we want to figure out who's going to do it, who like who was the guy? We, we all saw who was the guy who take, who had the ball in his hands when the game was on the line in the playoffs last year. It was Jason Tatum. And let me tell you something. It was pathetic what he did with the ball most of the time. Like, really pathetic. Like, that late clock bullshit ISO that, like, he should be good at, but he's just not. That we just – and that's another thing that annoyed me about Brad in that playoffs. We, we, we wasn't saying that in February, though. We weren't saying that. that, that that's, that's what gets me hot about that. Nah, like, when, when, he, when he found out he was an all-star and he took that jump, how do you think he was getting that 36-point game against Portland, the 41-point game That's the regular LA. season, though. It doesn't mean No, anything. no, no, no. But what I'm saying, I'm speaking to the point about but the But that's my James ball. Harden argument. It's the same shit. It's the same no, thing. No, but, yeah, but, yeah, but when, when defenses get more, I guess you guys say sophisticated. They start playing defense it. in the playoffs. Yeah, more, more so in the playoffs. But, um, listen, Jason Tatum can score whenever he wants to. I, let's let's kill that narrative. So, to say otherwise – if you're saying otherwise, you're, you're I think you're, he can create a shot whenever he wants to. I think that's his biggest upside. I don't think he can score whenever he wants to. If he could score whenever he wants to, we would have gotten to the finals last season. Right, but th- th- think about this. We 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 harp on the play in that same one, that same game one where he shoots a 30-footer. What are you doing? That and and overtime, he does what he wanted, what we wanted him to do. He drives to the hole, his shit gets punched by a bam out of bio. So he, he you you can't you can't win either way. So it's like okay, you shoot. Who who cares about that shot? You 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 shoot that shot fine. Whatever. If it goes in, oh my god, what a jump shot! JT has you know has the biggest ball since Sam Cassell. Who 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 whatever. But he drives to the hoop. He gets blocked. He's out there misses that like there, there's no in between. So yeah, okay, fine. It's it's a lesson learned. But I'm I'm telling you. You you cannot you cannot teach height you can't teach that type of skill when you were six nine, and you have that type of handle because his handle has gotten better. Yes, it has it, it's not where it needs to be yet, but it's gotten better, and that's that side step like like James Harden is unguardable. So the more the more he does it, the better he'll become, and I promise you, you you'll you'll, you'll see him become a 26, 27 point scorer, um, if not next year, at, at least in, at least in another another year or two. It, it's, it's coming. Him and Jalen. 
It's Kobe, Kobe Bryant doesn't have any of those um, Bam Adebayo type blocks on his highlight reel, though, is all I'm saying. One thing I think we're all forgetting about this team, too, is the Kemba that we had in the Eastern Conference Finals was not the Kemba that we had that we, before that. And in that East, in the in the series against, uh, who did he hit that game-winning shot? Who did we play before the before the uh, Heat? Toronto. Toronto, right. In the Toronto series. Your favorite right. team, Bobby. Your team, Bobby. Yeah. I, I blacked that whole era out. I don't even, but so... <laughs> Um, remember who was the guy when it came down to that last shot? And there was no doubt in any of our minds that Kemba we were had a that. thousand times Kemba. better than Toronto, which is what I was trying to Wait, tell you the entire playoffs. But, but I'm just saying Kemba was was healthy at that point because he had sat out those games. His knee was feeling okay. And yeah, when but it his came down. His injury is weird, too. Isn't but, that scary? It is weird. Yes. His knee, knee injury is you know, You never like a weird injury that they're not telling you enough about, you know? It is true. But. It was his shot. You know what I mean? When it came down to it, he had that clutch. Exactly. Kemba's so, clutch so that's what I mean. Like, I, I think that, yes, we're hating on Tatum. A lot, he still doesn't when, get the ball at the end of the game, though. Tatum does. When he has Kemba, when he has that guy to take that last shot, like I was just saying, when he have that third guy, like you said, you need a big three. I agree. But we're not seeing the full big three. And I think that that's something that we forgot about at the end of last year is that's not I think the you're Celtics. talking yourself into some stuff right now, but that's not the Celtics that we, that were the team that was supposed to be, you know what I mean? Like we're talking about, let's blow it up. Let's do this. Like it's a lot of it. No one is said just, let's blow it up. You said, let's blow it up. <laughs> no, I didn't. You specifically said, let's blow it up. You just no, said trade Tatum. I didn't say those words. You, j- you, just, <laughs> you just said trade Tatum. That's not blowing it up. That's, that's pretty much guy. blowing it up. I mean, there's one guy. I, I, The reason why I think we can trade Tatum is because we have Jalen Brown. I think we have two of the same guy, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm not doing that right now anyways. I, I Granted, I think if another year or two has like this, then you, what, you once have a contract year. Contract year, talk to No, but no. Yeah, but contract no, year, no, talk to the thing, me. though. He's up, he's up for the max like Jalen Brown was last year. And he's going to – he's most likely going to sign that. It's going to be like – it's going to be what Devin Booker got. He got that five year, um, I think it's like 158. So he's signing that. So um, this duo is going to be together. So let, let's get that out of our heads. They're not trading Jalen and Jason. So let's let's kill that narrative. Cut right to 24 hours later. Right. It, <laughs> Danny it, 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 right. Yeah, Never sleep on Danny Ainge. Right. 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 So. Or, or, or sleep. That's, that's, that's the narrative of Daddy. I'll never get over. I'm sorry, Ray. But how, how much. How much of a dick tease Danny Ainge really is. You know, it's every fucking year is the same goddamn thing. We're getting this guy. We're getting this guy. Look at this blockbuster we're going to do. He's got to be. Well, he wants to. He's got to be like the meat of the Slack chat where he's just blowing up everyone's phone. You know what I mean? Just like message after message. Because people like all the talk is Danny. But it's it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard. It's just like, you know, um. B- Billy King in a negative way really changed everything. Yeah. If, if Billy King didn't take half of that deal, when we're not we're not talking about maybe him pulling the trigger. Because once again, early early like the first half of Danny's tenure here as as the GM was again, you know, you got the um, you know, I remember the Ricky Davis trade at the time. I remember the um Obviously, you know the Ray Allen trade, KG and also trade. by the way, the 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 Brooklyn bringing Rasheed Wallace, Jason the Brooklyn Stein. trade for Brooklyn at the time. Oh, it like, made sense. It made perfect yeah, sense. It made sense for them. And when they and it was it was that Russian owner guy decided. Yeah, Mikhail Prokhorov. Yeah, yeah, decided that he didn't want to pay the luxury tax anymore, and he was like out on owning a basketball team. Like 
the way that they were going with that Brooklyn trade, like with the veteran contracts like the, and, the, and the contract dump that they got and what it turned out, those picks even really turned into with the exception of um, Jason Tatum. Like it, it, it wasn't as big of a fleece as we as Celtic fans. Like if you're a Brooklyn fan, you could make the case that it wasn't as big of a fleece as like the, as like ESPN says that it is. You know what I mean? Well, I, I think it's because of what at Tatum the, t- at the time, obviously it no, turned out to right, not work out. But, but I mean, even, but the, the next year we realized that it I mean, I, I mean, I'll, they also I'll have be, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving right now, and we still haven't won a championship. Right, but I, I was, I was pissed. I was pissed that Marcus Smart was the very first pick after that. Yeah, next year. Like, I was pissed. I was not. I was like, yo, him. I was like, wait a minute, you're getting the guy that can't shoot at Oklahoma State to replace Rondo. The guy that kicked there? someone on the sideline. No, I, 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 didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't care about that. I, I, that, that was, I mean, that that happened. I was like, whatever. But I'm like, wait a minute, you're replacing Rondo, who you know everybody says they can't shoot with another guy who who can't shoot. Really, like this, this is what we're doing. Um, and then, you know, you get James Young because James Young had a decent tournament run, but James Young by far, maybe outside of J.R. Giddens was like the worst pick that Danny Ainge has made, um, you know, since he's been here uh, or not, not J.R. Giddens, um, Gabe Pruitt, sorry, out of USC, my God, um, Gabe Pruitt was just, was just awful. He might've played, he played one more minute than all of us in the NBA, um, maybe score one more point than all of us in the NBA too. So congrats to 2008 champion Gabe Pruitt. Um, there never be another one like you. But I guess my, I guess my question would be yeah, now now that now that we're here because I think uh, DK just brought up a pretty good point that I do want to get to other things that happened uh, in the draft. You know, now that uh, all all the picks have been made, you know, was that Brooklyn deal like you just said? Was it a big fleece job? Because now, as it's currently constituted, we're here with no more rings than they had in that time, and they have Kyrie, they have Kevin Durant, and they're probably the favorite in the East now, right? Well, that was pre um, this like player control, player dominance era that really emerged. And I don't think there was any way. No, no, totally. I get what you're saying. It's just there was no way to really predict that basically players were just going to decide the fates of franchises and like where they wanted to play and what they wanted to do. Um, And that's becoming more and more true as like time goes on, which I actually don't hate. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I always said in, in all of all sports leagues, I'd rather see players get paid and players get benefited than like, you know, fat cat owners or, you know, who always turn out to be shitty people anyway. And like, I, you know, it's fine for me. It just, again, like I brought up at the start of the show, it just doesn't be- benefit Boston because we have a, a history of not treating our players very well. We have a history of racism and and shitty segregation and, and bad crowds and, and not taking the Celtics seriously before they won. And, Look, I think the Celtics is, is a great franchise, and I think I love Boston. Obviously, like, you know, I'm on this podcast, and I love our market, but the harsh reality is, like, you're not going to get Kyrie Irving and, and, and Kevin Durant to just walk into the Celtics. It's just never going to happen. So, and, like, even getting Kyrie Irving, there was, like, a narrative of his dad playing college ball here and, like, all this different stuff. So it's, like, that narrative, like, fed into it. But, you know, Kevin Durant's just... I mean, we already saw it happen. You know, we thought we could get him and he went and signed for Golden State instead. So the best we can do is draft. You know, the best we can do is take draft picks off of, uh, you know, I mean, this again, this could change tomorrow, but the best we can do is take draft picks off a, a ton of draft picks off a team like Brooklyn. Do what OKC is doing right now and, and just hope and just hope for the best. But that's how it's always been. Like before 2016, when we signed Al Horford, the biggest free agent signing that Boston ever had was Travis Knight. In the late '90s, tell me, tell I, I bet you you don't remember who Travis Knight was. Like he played in LA for a little while. Like he was, he was terrible. But um, that those late '90s Celtics teams were 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 trash. And they well, were, there's like, other oh situations God, too. You know, we got Gordon Hayward. 
No, no, I'm saying, but I'm saying up until that point. So when we say like, oh, we can't get X, Y, and Z. We're like, yeah, like Boston wasn't seen as a destination. I said, and then like I said, 2016, because Boston was on the rise. Yes, you get Horford. You get, um, you know, you get Hayward the next year. You get in a position, you know, to get a Kyrie Irving. So, and it's funny because I actually have to find the status that I that I wrote up, see if I can send it to you guys um, in our group chat. But um, about a month before Kyrie was traded, I made a status saying like, well, man, like if you can go in and get Kyrie, you do it. He's three years younger, um, you know, more more upside, so to speak. I said, you go do it. And then I remember, I never forget this because I was in my class and, you know, we get an alert, Kyrie Irving's on the Celtics. I was like, what? <laughs> like, are you are you kidding me? Like, did we really just get Kyrie Irving? And once again, that's when he pushed the chips in because the initial plan, as we talked about on Sunday, the initial plan was Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis didn't want to come here. Fine, whatever. It happens. And who knows? Maybe Kyrie and Kyrie was Danny's thing, too, besides AD. Maybe it was that. And then, you know, we meet, we met him in the Berkshires, and he was like, mm, I don't know. We'll see. You know I mean? They put all the big guns. Brady's around. David Ortiz is around. Um, but it, it just – Jay it just, Crowder. Yeah, Jay, you know, <laughs> Jay Crowder. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's just like it just didn't work out that way. But, I mean, I, I don't know, man. Like, listen, you know, we, we because, like you said, that's not being a desirable uh, location, at least not in basketball. It's funny because people come here in football. They came here in, in, um, in, in, in baseball as well. Um but you know, you you, ha- you have to be attractive to that free agent. Like I said, most people don't want to live here, and that's fine. That's okay. Um, but I will say this as as a pitch: when you win in this city, you instantly become a legend. That's not that's not a fact. I mean, that's not an opinion. That is a fact. So um, if that's what matters to you, then you know you think about coming here. You think about setting up your legacy. I don't know who that matters to anymore, though. Future. It's a different. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, no, but now. but it, it, it no no wrong guys. It does matter because why do you why do you think James Harden is looking to get sent to Brooklyn? Because the social media era now is if he you wants don't to win, be an NBA legend, not a Boston legend. Though, you no, know no, 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 no. That's what I mean. But that, that's what I mean. Though, if if you don't if you don't win by year five or year six, now you're considered trash. You're a bum. Make some different. Go shake. Go go shake things up. It's like, wait a minute. Like, what happened to the chase? What happened to? The yeah, chase? I mean, I mean, honestly, when we were kids, the stuff James Harden's doing right now, he'd be slated for. You know, yep. like it's like, oh, you could you couldn't win in Houston would have been the narrative. But now it's like Houston couldn't make couldn't win with James Harden. Like that little switch in narrative is is like which one's actually true? I wonder. Not for Bobby, it, it's James Harden. It's James Harden. <laughs> yes, it is. But it's, it's a it's a mix of both because once again, when they traded for him in 2012 for Kevin Martin or I forget who else was in the deal, he comes out. I think I think I think against OKC and drops like 46. It was like whoa, like where where was this at? And you know then okay, you know uh, Dwight Howard comes in the next year and like we talked about the other day, he Dwight Howard only had about a good year and a half there because his back was still hurting from what happened in um in LA and it never really got um. And never really got rectified. So, you know, uh, Howard gets traded, you know, and then, you know, you bring in a few guys, you know, they make the playoffs. I think they lost to Golden State in the 2014, 2015 year. Um, you know, they ran into Golden State quite quite a lot. And we clown, and, you know, we joke about that, but it's like, yo, that 2014, 2015 team was 67 and 15. Bobby, he didn't lose to a team that was 45 and 37. He didn't lose to that team. He lost to the team that's one of the greatest friend, the greatest team in the 2010s. It's not even close. Whether they had KD or not, he lost to a team that was much better. It's one thing if you lost to a team that was sub 500, or you know, like I said, the only thing, the only time I hold against him is what happened in 2018, because you can't be up three two. You have game six at the crib. 
and you lose. That can't happen. But other than that, I'm sorry. Like you, you other people around you have you have you have to figure that part out. And yes, had, was some of his performance subpar? Absolutely. I, I'm I I'm not gonna I'm not here to dispute that. No, but if you if you think they get there without James Harden, you're smoking more than we know. Listen, I, I'm not saying I'm not saying listen, you think the Celtics get to the Eastern Conference Finals without Jason Tatum? You're smoking more than we know. Right. That's what I mean. So like it's the same That's not the same thing though. You're leveling <clears throat> you're arguing that. Like you're arguing that but I'm, I'm just arguing sides, what is that what is how does the risk really outweigh the reward? You're gonna bring in another guy who's already known for for losing for not showing up in these big games, and you think that that's gonna turn these guys around? That's blasphemy. But let me ask you this seriously: How can you say James Harden isn't it because all he ever does is make it to the conference finals and he doesn't get there? But Jason Tatum, we got to stick with him because all he ever does is make it to the conference finals and doesn't get there. Both mm. things can't be true. So, because like, I he's guess you're 22 years old, bro. It's if you told me Jason Hart, James Harden wasn't great because he didn't get to the Everest Conference Finals when he was 23, I would have told you you're fucking crazy because he's 23 years old. The dude's 31. He's our age, and he hasn't gotten there. So it's like. Listen, by the time you're 31, He's still the 32, best offensive player in the NBA. Great. Like the you can be the best offensive is. player, but you're not going to be the best offensive player and take your team to that I next think, level. I think, it's a little, I think it's a little dangerous to just keep letting Tatum off the hook because of his age is all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I, I agree, but I don't think bringing him in here is that answer. So I, I think that we about beat the Celtics narrative into the ground. So I, I think I do want to just uh, really quickly move to the other aspects of, of the of the NBA draft. Obviously, the Celtics are not the only team in the NBA. So we don't. I, I just want to real quick. Who was the best player taken for the draft or in the draft for you guys? It was it all Anthony Edwards? Are we all unanimous about that, or was there someone no. else in there that slid in? Wiseman, to me, he's he's the guy that's going to make the big, the fastest impact at least. Um, going into Golden State and into that situation, if they keep him, that's a big if, big if. Um, they needed him more than anything else on that team. They need a big man to go in there and clog that middle. We saw what they can do when they actually have a legitimate big threat down low. Uh, they won a championship with Andrew Bogut. All right, that's all I'm saying. So when you put a legitimate big man on that team, they are a dangerous, dangerous team. I think that would have been true, Bobby, if, if Clay didn't immediately get hurt. If we're talking That's about so, like if we're talking yeah, about best I, natural I kind of ability. About that until this moment. Yeah. <clears throat> if we're talking about best natural ability, like sure. But Clay got hurt immediately and then it's like, oh well never mind then. You know, like you it's it's all well and good until that happens. For me, I think like the best draft, like the best like impact player was the guy the Knicks got that OB OB Toppin guy. Like I've never seen them draft that well before. Like he's an instant impact guy. He's going to come in. He's actually going to make a difference for them. He's actually going to win them games. He's going to like, and they got him eighth, you know? So like, that's what like a pretty big deal. Like, yeah. uh, Is he as good of a player as like some of the guys drafted above him? No, but like who won the top 10, like who won the draft for me, it's, it's the Knicks because they finally did the right thing. They finally got their guy. They finally did the thing that they should have done by the time he fell to them. And he is going to make a difference for them. Like he, you can build around that guy. Um, but just for the sake of conversation, since you picked the guy I was going to pick, uh, Dave, uh, I'm going to go with Isaac Okoro uh, from Auburn. Um, in today's NBA, where guys can shoot the lights out and you know they run off screens really well, and you know you need a guy that could def- that can defend multiple positions. Uh, Isaac Okoro to me is the prototypical player 
in 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 this type of draft. Um, and I think he's going to do wonders for. I think he got drafted by Cleveland. I think at number five. So um, that that's to me was was the best. But if we can get into winners, can we do winners and losers, uh, Mike? Can we do that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. So for me, I think uh, so winners like like Dave said. I think New York is was a winner. You know, when you draft Obi Top in the eight. Um, and then on top of that, get Daniel Oturo from Minnesota at 33. Um, I think that's phenomenal. Um, and I know we've we've joked about them on the show. Um, Philadelphia was winners last night, and I'm, I'm going to tell you why. When you can get rid of that contract um, mm-hmm. that you did for Al Horford, um, and then you you know you get rid of Josh Richardson, um, who to me, like I said, really should just stayed in Miami. Like he's to me, he's he's a system guy. He should have stayed in Miami, um, but they did, but they traded him away. Um, I think that. When you get rid of that contract and then you bring in two shooters with Danny Green and um and then Seth Curry, you know, that to me, that's what's that's that, that 2017, 2018 team that lost to Boston in the second round really was the best team Philly had because they had Covington, because they had Reddick. You know, they had yeah, yeah, you know, so they had guys that can that can shoot it. So now they're getting that back. Daryl Morey has already done it in a week with Elton Brink couldn't do it in a couple of years. So that's, that's amazing. And then another team that I think was a winner uh, actually was the Detroit Pistons. Right. So um, I think some people were kind of worried about Bruce Brown being dealt. Um, if you don't know who Bruce Brown forgot is. about the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. Existing. So yeah. Yeah, Killian so, Hayes, man. Yeah. Killian Hayes. Well, yeah. Real. So, right. So, I mean, I mean, I, that's, but that's not the pick. I was, I was happy about them getting. I mean, I think he's going to be a good, he's a good playmaker, but, um, you know, Bruce Brown, he's, he's from, he's from, uh, Massachusetts, went to Wakefield, uh, went to Wakefield High. Mm-hmm. Um, people were kind of wondering, like, why would they deal with him? He's been a starter there. Just like, well, now with them drafting Sadiq Bay out of Villanova and they drafted Isaiah Stewart, who I thought would have been a great fit here in Boston, too. Um, those are Dwayne Casey type guys. They defend, they play hard. They're going to be tough. So um, I think Detroit, and like I said, you get a playmaker on top of that. So for them to get three first round picks out of, out of just only having the seventh pick, I think it's phenomenal. And that makes them winners. Um, and then, yeah, so I'll, I'll leave it at that. Cause I feel like I'm going on and on, but yeah, those, those are the guys, those are the three teams. I thought definitely won the draft for sure. Um, last night. Go ahead, Dave. Can I do a, a, an honorable mention draft winner? Uh, the country of Nigeria. Uh, yeah, yeah. Two, too, two yeah. Nigerian players drafted, and then five, I think four or five more with a parent, at least one parent from Nigeria. I've been saying for years that the all Nigerian, all time all Nigerian NBA team would beat the all time NBA team. And we can do that in a separate podcast. But for some reason, Nigerian guys, super good at basketball. So shout out to the country of Nigeria. You guys did awesome. If, if it was, if you're never going to hear seven Irish guys got drafted in the NBA draft last night. So, you know, good for you guys. Right. And then for your, for the biggest losers, Bobby, who were the, your top three losers in the NBA draft last night? I have my winner ready. Um, so I think the first one to me, and this is just rounding out everything that we just talked about for the first 45 minutes, um, is I came about to say this. I think it's the Celtics. Um, I, I like the pick that they did make in Neesmith. I like that pick a lot. But the rest of the everything that happened just to me is a complete disaster. I think they're my first my first loser. The fact that Hayward opts out like he does, um, we couldn't get a deal done. And it's just all these rumors that always happen every single year. I think it ends up making us kind of look like the laughing stock of the league. Um, you know what I mean? It's just every single year is the same goddamn thing. We have got to make all these deals, and then we just end up taking these same three guys, and it's the same thing every year. So I just feel like... It's just like 
what the hell are we doing here? My my second loser is the Charlotte Hornets. Um, I think that Lamelo Ball to me, I don't know, or Lavar Ball or Lamelo. Lamelo, yeah. So Lamelo, yeah, thank you. Lavar's a dad. Um, I think Lamelo is not does not have the potential that people see. I don't know what people see in him. I watch his tape. I don't think it's that impressive. Um especially playing in a league like the Australian basketball league. If you're going to come to the NBA and think that you're going to be a good player here, then you better be dominating in Australia. And the tape I was watching is not that. Um, so I don't know why he had such a hype that he did. I really think it is just that ball name. Um, add in that he went to Michael Jordan in the worst drafter in the history of the MV- NBA. Um, I think just caps that right off the top. In the history and, of the NBA? I, that might be extreme. <laughs> one of them the worst one of the worst go I back away from your take dude um, he's one of the worst bobby there's a lot of bad drafters out there <laughs> there's a lot of bad drafters out there all right i'm all about i'm all about letting everyone get the credit even if it's bad credit you know that um and my last loser to me listen i just the entire nba draft is to me the is the last loser I, I was so disappointed in the whole thing. I was expecting so many fireworks, so much to happen. And the biggest draft deal we got of the night was Luke Kennard traded fans, for the fans are the biggest. Yeah, that's, it's just it, it's it's a joke every year where we think it's going to be this big thing. But it ends up being like the NFL trade deadline. It's like what the, what just happened? Nothing. Sometimes it's pretty cool. But yeah, last night was a dud. Yeah. So that's my third one. It's just the NBA fans. The, the whole draft was a loser. Yeah, I mean, for for me, I think uh, as far as losers go, uh, Minnesota. Um, when you have a guy saying that I'd rather that he'd rather play in the NFL than you know play in the NBA, and you went number one is crazy. Um, but it just speaks to the ineptitude of a franchise that Minnesota's been since 1989. Um, you know, their best player was Kevin Garnett, and he was picked fifth in 1995. So. Um, it, it, it just speaks to how bad that franchise has been. And then also uh, bringing back Ricky Rubio for the 19th million time um, at this moment is unacceptable. And I, I know that Woj spoke on there last night about Ricky Rubio being loved in Minnesota and okay, cool. But love for what? Um, he was part of the worst back-to-back picks ever in the draft, you know, you go back and forth, you know, you go Johnny Flynn, Johnny Flynn, Johnny, Johnny Flynn got drafted mainly because of what happened in that six overtime game against Connecticut. Um, You know, and then, you know, Rubio was, you know, supposed to be that flash in the pan coming over from Spain and, you know, um, you know, yeah. I mean, listen, I I like his game a little bit. I think he's okay. He's not something that's going to wow you. His game doesn't wow me, but he's, he's okay. But, um, to get him for the third or fourth time to me is just unacceptable at this point. Uh, Chicago drafting Patrick Williams at four. Um, I just don't know how he went before his teammate Devin Fissell, who I thought Boston could have gotten to if they if he had fell uh, down to fourteen. Uh, someone who's going to defend really well, someone that can also shoot it. He's not a better shooter than than uh, Neesmith, Smith, but uh, definitely can shoot it. I think he was 42 percent from three. Um, but Patrick Ewing, Patrick, Patrick, Ewing. Patrick Williams is tough. Um, but there's no way that he should have went before his teammate or, um, or topping, you know, you know, uh, or Isaac Okoro. That just shouldn't have happened. And before actually- Ray steals, before Ray steals all the losers, let me get one in because <laughs> you said all the losers possible. <laughs> let me just throw out the Milwaukee Bucks. Like I know they didn't draft. Oh, um, they're not on my list. But okay, they so did, well. thank God because I was like, he's just gonna say every team. Um, the, <laughs> the um, just, just Milwaukee Bucks. Story. 
the Milwaukee Bucks uh, didn't draft, I don't think, in the first round. And I'm not criticizing no. their draft, but their draft night was embarrassing because that Bogdanovich thing mm-hmm. where they were like, they were like bragging that they got uh, Bogdanovich in like this sign and trade deal. And then Bogdanovich was like, uh, I didn't fucking agree to that. <laughs> so, and like, Wait, again, did you like, say Milwaukee? Yeah. yeah. Nah, I'm, yeah. I'm not. And it's like, and also, you know, you're looking at that Milwaukee situation and it's on a knife's edge. And I know they brought some, some talent in and I know they were looking at some other guys. Um, and it was good that, because they got rid of Bledsoe, right? Bledsoe's gone. Yep, Bledsoe and Giorgio. Yep. Okay, yeah. which I've been saying for years, like Bledsoe's not going to be your guy. Like he was, it was he was like the best backup point guard for a while, and like he should have stayed that. He didn't have the ceiling to be like the best uh, guard on Jamal a, on Crawford a championship type. winning team. Yeah. Well, I like Jamal Crawford. That's a whole different conversation. I, I like Jamal Crawford a lot, actually, <laughs> but that's a whole different conversation. But the uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, something's got to give there, and I think if I was Giannis. Looking at that Bogdanovich thing, you know, looking at the kind of moves that they're making, looking at the the cap that they have. I don't know. I don't I don't see him playing in Milwaukee for much longer. So I'm going to I'm going to say a loser of draft night because that was a storyline of draft night was was Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, no, that that's no. And that, I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't. I didn't even think that to put that there, but um, I'm shocked, honestly. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I think no. you're gonna hit all the points. <laughs> yeah, no, um, the last loser actually to me actually was going to state, right? As you know, mainly because I'm like, you know, Clay going down, you know, that was unfortunate, obviously. Um, but then you know, to me, I still think they should have moved that number two pick. Like, I get it getting Wiseman, you know, I've you know, if they felt that he was can't miss, then so be it. But like Wiseman doesn't help them win the championship next year. Yeah, you know, like so um he's still a project even at number two. Like I think he's gonna be very good. I think he's someone that could be a perennial all-star, um, maybe an MVP. Uh, you know, him being left-handed, he kind of reminds me of David Robinson. He's got a lot I, I see him as a cat. I think he's a lot of Carl Anthony Towns. I see I, they're, they're very similar, those two. I mean, they they better hope that he is that. <laughs> um, because if he's not, then it's like, okay, well, you know, it, it was a waste of pick, but I just think that he, you know, going to state definitely uh, were lost mainly because of what happened with Clay. And then, like you said, you couldn't move that number two pick and Andrew Wiggins. Like, I felt like that to me, everyone was thinking like, oh man, like they got the pick and then they got Wiggins. Like they're going to move those guys. So just like what, just like our fans would think, oh, we're going to move off the pick, but they didn't, they didn't move off that pick. So I just felt like, okay, you could have turned it into someone. Some other team would have been desperate. Like Boston would have been desperate to get that number two pick. And I'm, I'm positive. Like we talked about yesterday, I'm positive. They would have, uh, they would have drafted Wiseman at number two, or who knows? Maybe they traded for somebody else to get some some veteran help. But well, we'll never know. But those, those are my three losers: Minnesota, uh, Chicago, and Golden State. Can I just make one more loser? It's more of like a depressing loser. I just feel bad for him. And Ray already mentioned. Did, didn't him. you just name the entire NBA draft as a loser? Wait, wait one more. So yes, I did. But so Ricky Rubio is one of the saddest things I've ever seen. And what happened to him in the 48 hours, he got traded from the Phoenix Suns. He sent out a tweet being like, oh man, because he liked the Suns. He liked being there. He sent out a tweet being like, man, I guess this is the business upside down smiley face. Less than 16 hours later, he got traded again. It was just like, bro. Yeah, this is the business. Guess what? You're out of here again. See you later. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's, it's just like you know, and you know, and to speak to that too, because I think we talked about it. Um, I, I, did the Chris Paul trade already go down by the time we talked on Sunday? Might have been afterwards, right? It was like at the same time. It was, yeah, it was going to be spoken yeah. about. But either way, um, just I just had to put this out there because I, I thought about it. It's like, man, 
if Devin Booker put 26, six and five playing next to Ricky Rubio, what do you think he's going to do with Chris Paul? My God, mm-hmm. my God. <laughs> what do you think he's going to do? Eight and two, eight and two. Eight and after Jalen Smith. Phoenix is going to be real, so. man. Phoenix is going to be good next year. We'll go for yeah. Phoenix. That's yeah, where we're going to so. end it on. Yep. Yeah, I mean that that feels like a great way to end it. So thank you, uh, thank you guys all so much for joining us on this inaugural ep- episode of the NBA Draft Review. Just the tip-off show. My name uh, is Michael Marcangelo. I was joined by Rayshon Buchanan, the real BK Bob Kelly, uh, DK Sizzle, Dave Clark, and the best producer in all of the lands, Craig Delisandro. So until episode eighteen, we'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Missing the Point. Missing the Point is a one-hour weekly, two-hour monthly podcast recapping the biggest stories in the world of sports with a New England flavor. The show notes and transcript of today's episode can be found in the description box below, as well as on our website, mtpshow.com. If you're new to the show, please consider subscribing. It's the easiest way to see when we publish new episodes. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Google, and wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate us and leave a review of any of our shows. We always appreciate your feedback. And be sure to follow us on all of our social medias. All of our links will be in the show notes. And check out our brand new website, www.mtpshow.com. That's mtpshow.com. For Missing the Point, I'm Craig D'Alessandro. We'll talk to you next time. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electric Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electricast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electricast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So keep listening to Electricast podcasts and hear the culture. Electricast. Electricast.